welcome to the podcast In Progress by TravelFit. I'm your host, Chris Walker, the founder of TravelFit. I'll be taking you on a journey where I interview small business entrepreneurs to worldwide celebrities, where we hear each person's stories and how they overcame their own challenges to achieve their professional and personal goals in life. We dive into how to create a successful life through health, fitness, and developing a stronger mindset, and how travel can impact our life for the better. If you feel stuck in life, then this podcast is for you. Welcome to today's episode. Today's episode is with Corey Boutwell, professional bodybuilder, personal development coach, and ex-actor. Corey starts his journey from a young age as a singer and dancer pursuing theater acting and clocking up 12 hour days as a kid. He found himself burning out as a child, having his father and mother separate early on, and soon after found himself living with his father, learning a range of lessons on hard work in a high pressure, toxic environment. He had the realisation to pursue a degree with challenges along the way and soon he found himself in the corporate environment, again realising this just wasn't for him. Fast forward to relationship issues, low self-worth, to then finding his purpose, taking control of his life and creating and delivering life-changing experiences to people who are now making well over six figures a month. We dive into how to change your life, elevate your tribe, build on your relationship through taking responsibility and looking into the internal and external perception and projections. We also touch on defining what love actually is and three values that men need to embed into their lives. Thanks so much for listening in. Enjoy. Thanks so much for joining us on the podcast today. For everyone listening in, who are you and what is it that you do? Well, firstly, thanks so much for having me. Um, my name is Corey Boutwell and I am a men's personal development coach, run a group coaching program. We create independence, you know, through education for the modern man. Very passionate about it. And it's pretty amazing watching the community go. Uh, epic. So usually before we kind of like go into what it is that you do exactly too, I kind of like to dive a little bit deeper and um, chat about like your own story. Like where, where does your story begin? Uh, where were you born? Um, what was your upbringing like? And when did you have the realizations that this is what you want to do? Oh, that's opened up big old can of worms. Yes. <laughs> um, as essentially when, um, I was born in Adelaide, like North Adelaide um, Hospital, and I grew up to be a singer and a dancer and actor. Very early age, there was, I was told in kindergarten, like, hey, Corey's got a really nice voice. Perhaps he should get into singing. And my mum was a singer. So very quickly, my parents were like, yeah, give it a shot, see how you go. And I love the singing and I love the acting and I hated the dancing. I was like, oh my gosh, you're too busy looking at my instructor's butt the whole time. Yeah. <laughs> I was going on the screen, I was just like, whoa, this is great. Um, and essentially started climbing through, um, just the school of progression in order to, you know, get into a team, which we can just call it an opportunity team where they give a lot of gigs to, and there's a lot of paid opportunities, um, in terms of theater productions, being on television shows, being in movies, doing, you know, 
sort of acting gigs where you dress up as a clown or you're doing a, a, a parade or something like that at the um, the Christmas shows or something like yeah. that, um, which has been like crazy opportunities and, and awesome stuff happened through there. And ended up falling in love with the dancing, especially being surrounded by um, just like amazing people. Like we always, and our teams are always like 50% boys, 50% girls. So it was like this really awesome um, ratio. Started working at the age of like 10. I think I had a tax file number because um, we just, I was in theater productions in state operas and, and things like that. Like I wasn't the lead character stuff, but we're just in part of the productions and it was so fantastic watching things together. So from really early age, I was learning lines. I had to study and learn scripts and figure things out. And yeah, I was sort of under the pressure to work, perform and deliver. And I was consistently getting pulled out of school. Like I spent uh, the amount of hours that I spent outside of school working was, is, was pretty insane. Like it was like four or five days, three to four days a week. I was driving like one hour from school into town so that I could do rehearsals for three to four hours at nighttime, like three to four times a week. So essentially I'm doing like, 10 to 12 hour days. I didn't um, think about this. So I talked to my dad about it. Like 10 to 12 hour days, every single, like most days as a kid. And then I would play so much as well. Like all my friends had this crazy amount of energy, no idea where it come from. And yeah, it was, it was just amazing. Cause I learned all of these uh, skills anyway, as I got older and things started to get more serious and we started to like get into, you could say like a childhood burnout, midlife crisis, childhood, the age of 15, 16 girls are coming yeah. into play. So having fun with my friends. I was like, I need a break. Had a quick break, jumped back into it. And I was like, it was a good time straight back into things. As we got straight back into the whole drama, acting, singing and dancing, parents end up going through a breakup. <laughs> and you know, when people say like, oh no, it was like my, like my fault was a kid. I say, no, it was entirely my fault. And I take responsibility for that, um, for my parents' breakup. And it's like, because, you know, I just had this, there was an opportunity for stardom that everyone was attached to. And it was a lot of pressure on the old shoulders. So when that happened and the parents split up, I ended up moving in with my old man instead of um, living with my mum. I was living with mum. My parents split up. Like he just cheated on her and her dad just passed away. So she was in a, her brain was all over the place and she protected all this negative feminine onto me as a kid. And I was like, oh God, you gotta get out of here. So live with dad. And he was like, you got to work straight away. Like you got stuff to pay for. He wanted to teach me a lesson. That was his way of teaching. Like you have to learn these lessons and you got to do things hard and blah, 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 blah. So I had to leave that, that like fantastic career that I had in the opportunities of singing, dancing and acting. I didn't see that um, towards the end of school that, Hey, maybe I could actually do that and make like money out of it because it was always happening and like, okay, you got to stop. And when you stop, there was no opportunities and no money coming in. So work for my old man at a sheet metal shed, <laughs> a whole bunch of, you know, sweaty guys, which uh, were actually rude and real toxic masculinity. Like, like it was like real gross. Like there's a little bit of like, like abuse there, like emotional, a little bit of physical abuse that would actually happen between some of the guys, which people like didn't really see. And I was like, essentially I was just like, fuck this. Like, like I, I don't like it. Like I like working with my dad um, and like some of the work, like I actually didn't mind doing, but in terms of the, the lifestyle of it, the pressure that I, I got from my old man and the, the pressure in the workshed was just like, it wasn't fun. I come from a place of like, okay, I can make money having absolute fun and abundance and doing all these real good, like amazing things. And now I'm here and this sucks. So had a real bad, because I break up with my old man, went to uni, learned how to think at uni. I studied aviation for two years, um, failed quite a few subjects because I didn't do maths and like year 12 at school. So I had, we were doing like physics, aerodynamics and navigation and meteorology and all these things that, was crazy. I passed physics. <laughs> yeah. I was like interested in that. But um, 
yeah, so I failed quite a few subjects, had to repeat them, eventually pass them. And like all the pilots essentially were like failing that all. But yeah, we failed a few times, like, you know what I mean? But we really wanted to be pilots. After being a bodybuilder and competing, so I started competing at the age of 21 and really prioritized my fitness and health. Looking at the pilot's lifestyle compared to bodybuilding, I was like, this is actually quite unhealthy. There's no sleep. There's no good food. Time zones are just all over the place. Mm. What about it? So I decided, I was like, well, well this isn't it. So I took um, a semester off and went to Japan, had a bunch of, bunch of fun, saved a little bit of money because I was working in a surf store. And at that time, I was just learning and researching and learning and researching. I sort of fell in love with learning when I first started at uni. I did fall in love before this, but taking it seriously and really sharpening my skills in the age of 22 or 21 when I actually um, started uni. And then kept competing while I was studying at uni, finished, started studying business, finished business. I got honors in business. I actually just like, you know, I, as a high level for myself, like, uh, like expectations of myself, I was like, well, if I'm going to do something, I should do it properly. And I want good grades. I don't care what anyone else thinks. So we got honors. There's like high distinction distinctions for everything, which is really cool. And I actually like the stuff because a lot of psychology behind it. So I learned a lot of leadership skills and things. Kept competing in bodybuilding. Won a lot of shows naturally um, in non, non-tested competitions and tested competitions. So I'd, I'd beat people on steroids and, you know, usually get my ass kicked by the natural guys because they're all yeah. white. <laughs> but won a few shows there too. Um, and then when I started st- uh when I got into working in a corporation, so I started working for government in, you know, organizational and development, where there's a lot of psychology, a lot of leadership. I was running a lot of trainings. I was delivering all these value. I had this huge thought to myself. I thought, oh my gosh, how much work does this organization do for all the staff, all of the systems, all of the different functions? Because obviously working for government is unlimited budgets. They like everything just to work extremely smoothly mm-hmm. and because all of this work and energy and effort put into stuff and hiring the right people and all these different uh, all these different things and creating these massive project management um like spreadsheets and designs and just just projects right there's all these massive projects i just thought to myself well imagine if someone put this into themselves they could do anything yeah. i mean i was a good example of that i mean i put hard work and energy and effort when i was a kid and i landed all of these you know um positions in acting gigs and theater productions and film productions. Um, I put all this hard work and energy and effort into myself for, for bodybuilding and won all of those. And then I just had, I literally had the thought, well, what if someone just put so much time and energy effort with this project management and business stuff into them, what would happen? And so I was like, well, I'm going to do it to me first for everything for for like relationships, for my body, spirituality, for my mental health, for how to communicate, for how to articulate. There are just the sheer will of learning and stretching your own brain and capacity and being able to make good decisions and also expand yourself for what you're doing. I said, well, let's do it. So I'd already been doing it at uni. So I took it up another level and took it extremely seriously. And by just simply doing that and living authentic to who I was and finding my purpose, connecting with myself and just hundred percent being me I had these amazing people just attract themselves. I just magnify these amazing people mm-hmm. in my life, high performers, high achievers. Like, There's something you've got that we want. And I was like, uh, what is it? I'll help you with it. Like, what is it? I just start talking and then, and then we're like, okay, like teach me. So just out of, fell into a place of coaching and, and teaching people. And I thought, okay, what's the most fun for me? I love creating. I love performing. So being an opportunity on this podcast is like a performance for me. I love it. Mm. Um, thank you for the opportunity. And 
being in a position where I get to coach these high performers and I was just watching them level up. And then some of my other friends as well, I coached them through mindset tools and mindset models and uh, different exercises. So I started putting all of this together into the piles of uh, content in terms of books and diagrams and words and investing in myself and learning how to listen as, as best as possible to someone so I could understand where they're at and, and analyze them using acting skills and you know, looking at them as well in terms of, okay, your body's a reflection of literally who you are. And, you know, you have people with huge egos, you know what I mean? Who <laughs> have some stuff and you're like, oh, that's a reflection of what's happening inside and your body. They're probably someone who's more likely to take steroids than someone who's not. Nothing against steroids. Anyone who's um, competing, whatever, taking things, I think, like most, most respect for the people who take it seriously because it is, and it seems so intense. I, I could not be bothered. Like, yeah, stuff, no way. But for the example of someone who's extremely egotistical or someone who is quite broken, it's going to reflect in into... Um, who they are and being able to go through those things and all the shadow work and, and get over a bunch of personal things because during that process, but to tell you, we just got cheated on a bunch of times. You know, it's like as a guy, we goddamn like we get so attached to girls and women and Oh my God, I'm getting attention and validation. Bar. You're like cheated on heaps and all my girlfriends left me and blah, blah, blah. Everyone's heard the damn story. And I was like, you know what? Screw this man. I need to be so superior that it's never going to happen again. Mm. And now we're here. My probably most, important skill and value that I have is my emotional stability. I'm not afraid of, I swear anything. And my awareness of my own thoughts and what I can do to make certain decisions to reach and stress myself and always take to the next level is what I'm most proud of. Being able to hold a calm and I would say calm and calm and composure in situations where there is great stress or little stress, or even my own self, I believe is a true superpower, which is learned and cultivated over a period of time. Yeah, it's an amazing relationship. I'm not fearful of like anything. When when the fears do come up, and that obviously do, do I get scared? Yes, absolutely. But I can dissolve them. Sometimes it'll last a week, but I'm aware of it. I know it's there, and I figure it out and dissolve it, which is really interesting. Just thinking, I didn't have to write it down anymore, which is nuts. Mm. Um, and I can just have a conversation with someone, talk about it. Bang, it's gone. Um, I have a thriving business with you know a group coaching program for men and overcome the chaos, where we do community content and coaching to like help people really overcome themselves and like take things to the next level, gain emotional dependence, physical dependence, mental independence, financial independence, like all those things. Um, and <laughs> I have a great relationship and an amazing physique. I couldn't feel any more bulletproof. Um, I'm 29 years old. And if you look at me on the camera, I probably look 25. <laughs> <laughs> <Thank you>. <laughs> I'm just like, man, I haven't matured yet. God damn. Like, <laughs> going to start coming in um I, I prioritize my health above everything else and i have this amazing friendship network i've healed my relationship um with my parents which is is just insane and um there's just some things that i'm proud of that i like to seek of like value and i look for those in other people when i meet them and for other people who haven't got that balance and haven't sort of figured those things out to try to live it it's like well you can do something about it definitely like you know you look at like say four different things you've got like relationships you've got like you're not only with other people but with yourself you've got like you know your mindset in the sense of like how you're actually productively working on your growth you're looking at like your productivity in sense of like actions versus procrastination and it, it's cool because like listening to your story it's really interesting because it seems like you've, you've um you've changed your identity quite a few times from one one process to the next process to the next process but you seem to have this low on effect of that you're a really hard smart uh hard hard work hard worker but you're you're always looking at working smarter 
which is really interesting because I think in society, a lot of people get caught on one or the other. There's no balance between the two. So what would you say to someone who's working really hard and they're trying to do all these things and blah, 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 and then they just get burnt out versus the person who's trying to work smarter, but they just don't have a work ethic? Well, I think it all comes down to you, like passion or your purpose, to mm. be completely honest. I mean, I can work. 16 hours a day every day because I love what I'm doing and mm. where I need to balance myself is pulling back, but I'm not desperate. I don't have to work. I mean, I don't have to do 16 hours a day. I don't have to do 10, 12, eight hours a day. I don't have to do any of that. I mean, if I wanted to, I could just streamline all of the things that I'm doing right now and probably work 10 hours a week. <laughs> like, like, yeah. like, But I don't want to like, cause I absolutely like, I love what I'm doing. It's all out of love and it's all out of purpose. So it's not an exact stretch for me. Yeah. And when I do like see the signs, I'm like, okay, yeah, I'm pushing it this week. You know what I mean? I'm going to give it a <laughs> Um, Which is like, I want to find my limits intentionally. There's not like, okay. And because I don't need to, um, there's no, uh, none of that intense sort of pressure that, that overwhelms. So it's like, a, it's, it's a funny question in terms of balance, burnout, or whatever it is. But when you truly understand your purpose and you truly understand who you are, because there's, there's so many ways to understand who you are. I mean, you've got this internal like landscape, right? which is just so insane. This whole internal world that you have of that makes up things of who you are and then how your brain responds to that. And at the same time, you know what I mean? If you look at someone who's really attractive and you get a boner, sorry, your internal world has just created a physical response. So depending on your internal world also is a reflection on your external response, stress, unbalance if you're working way too much for the wrong reasons internally you're out of whack if you're desperate if you have a fear of failing if you have a fear of rejection if you feel like you're not good enough if you're now completely bored because you did everything that you could to achieve success and finance whatever it is and now you're just bored out of your brains because it wasn't what you wanted to do what you wanted was financial freedom now you've got it and now there's nothing to commit to so you've blown on a whole bunch of shit like so literally that's like a the big question to get into um, and defining it, I think, is the tricky part. But yeah. a weird re- answer to that because I think it depends. It depends on your personal landscape and where you're at, and how your thoughts and your situation and your environment. Um, because there's there's all the different types of you know, self navigation. Yeah, and I guess that kind of comes down to like like with having those fundamental things in place, and you know, I always think it's interesting because you know when people talk about like the morning routine and such. Me particularly, like, I've got a basic morning routine, but it's nothing extravagant, like some people I know. But I've done the extravagant things before in the past, but I found for me personally, finding my own, I guess, unique self and how I project myself and how I am as a person, I get more joy out of doing the simple things versus the complex things. So, for example, affirmations. I was nearly never really receptive to affirmations because I kind of always felt like I was enough per se after I did a lot of internal work, of course. Um, But those particular things I always think is interesting because I find I've got the group on the left of friends who have like their morning affirmations, gratitude. They do their yoga, they do their workout, they do their sauna, they do the ice bath, but they've got like say three to four hours of doing that. Whereas, whereas, me personally, I'll spend 10 minutes on this, 10 minutes on this, 10 minutes on this, four blocks done in an hour, 
and then I can get into my day. I'm, I'm someone who enjoys, I love working, just thoroughly enjoy it because particularly the same, like I know what I'm doing, I know what my purpose is and like, because I know that I just want to get in. I just want to have fun. I want to do this. I want to like keep creating these cool little opportunities and creating all this like unique and different experiences that, you know, a lot of people don't think of sometimes. So I think when it comes in like the middle road where you're like, all right, well, who am I? What's my personality type? How can I kind of start to follow along? Would you like recommend things like trying to figure out who you are through like human design types or different archetypes? What's your thoughts on people finding who they are and finding their purpose? Ooh, see, I don't know what human design types are and what archetypes you're talking about. Yeah. You know, where of archetypes, but not sure which ones you're talking about. Um, but in terms of actual people, figuring out who there are, who they are, it always comes down to self-reflection and asking some really big and, and deep questions. And I think, you know, shadow work is just really important in terms of just like the scary questions. Yeah. <laughs> yeah mapping out what your heaven and your hell looks like. Um, actually doing like asking the consistent question why so many times that, you know, you get to a place where it's like, okay, this is why I'm doing anything. And then sort of, you know, turning that into a little statement, that's a little gift you know, that, that you may have. Understanding what your own hierarchy is and, and what it needs and, and moving forward on that. And then also having, you know, the awareness of your own internal masculine and feminine processes and, and how they show up and how they work and what you've introjected. And what I mean by if I'm defining introjection all of the knowledge, situation, words, videos, and things that you consistently consume, as I mentioned beforehand, make up a lot of who you are on the inside. So whatever you're introjecting, you're most likely going to be projecting and then having the skills to understand what they look like. And that happens in every single difficult situation that you're at, where you're talking to a partner, you're talking to someone at work, you're talking to a coach of yours, whatever it is, and you get a trigger and you get frustrated and it's any negative emotion is an opportunity to grow. And I think if you are aware of every single negative opportunity or every time you have, you avoid every time you lead too far into something, wherever you're reactive or not reactive enough, or when you're hesitating or when you're pushing things too far, every time that you're aware of something that isn't hundred percent true to you, tracing it back to something else or just thinking it, or just acknowledging it yourself. It's like obviously meditation. So powerful, as you would know, if you understand those things and you understand you can highlight them, um, I think it's a really good opportunity for you to really understand who you are. And if any men are damn listening to this and they are single and they want to work on themselves, oh, what's the next journey for me? It's like, get into a damn relationship. Yeah. <laughs> this is like a test, you know what I mean? Even if like for say for someone, like if the man was not interested in a relationship, which I believe all men are, getting in the sake of one just to develop and grow yourself is probably one of the best things ever because anytime you're around someone 24 seven that you love, every time you're not hundred percent yourself or someone's not hundred percent their selves, something's going to happen. And it's got to create an opportunity where it's like, Oh, there you go. Like that's an opportunity for growth. <laughs> like right there. So whatever your demons are, cause everyone says, Oh, like I may not have demons. I didn't have trauma just because you didn't have trauma. doesn't mean you don't, have demons like one like i think if you have a really awesome relationship with your mum is like the men in, in particular they struggle to make decisions mm. and they're quite they end up being quite nostalgic and quite 
sensitive towards things. Not like a bad way. It's like you own that stuff because it's, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a double-edged sword. Everything's got a yin, yin and yang to it, but yeah, understanding, okay, well, if that's my situation, that's my scenario, I'm going to really have to work on developing a strong masculinity, um, which comes in all these different ways, different forms. Um, that's a lot like to get into. And there's a lot of points that I touched there in terms of like your, um, uh, simple question. <laughs> <laughs> but this is good. This is what it's all about, right? Like, so there's so many like surface level answers. And when you go a little bit deeper, you start to realize that everything's attached it, even with like the emotional home. I, I, I heard something once and it's like, if you, if you go to the same place that you had a bad memory at, you're always going to be re-triggered. But if you attach a new experience to that new place, you'll attach a new memory. And that in turn will allow you to then create a new future and a new reaction. And I, I think a lot of people don't know that, that you can change those, those experiences and shift those things and accept those things and just like work through them, like you said, especially with shadow work. And I did a little bit a few years ago. And the realization I had that like, that you can just ask yourself these questions and you can be like, fuck, I've had the answers the whole time and I've been searching for all these other people to fix me or help me or, you know, allow me to kind of like understand myself. But like, if we just took 10 minutes a day to actually like sit, sit with ourselves, check in, ask the inner child, like what's actually going on and like reflecting on those past experiences and memories that have attached themselves to us. I think like, well, like the world be men, especially would just be on a whole nother level for sure. Hey, yeah. Oh man, we rise up. It's so goddamn powerful. But you know, it's a whole part of it. And I think don't know what you like, don't know, you know what I mean? And the scary part is opening up to these things and mm. the best introduction to it is to I would say honestly, like for anyone, if they're like, Oh, what do I do or how to do this but it's like get a coach that you resonate with, like straight up. Because, you know, we don't have the time these days, you know, go out and do things. Like I'm pretty best blessed. I can go I can I can spend an hour in the morning and, and read crazy books like this. Yeah. I, young. I, I, I can do that. There's a lot of us that can't and we want to have the results. And we want to have the knowledge and we understand that like, okay, like this inner stuff makes us truly powerful as humans. Like I look at some of the, you know, world's greats, the rock, Arnie, Steve jobs, whatever. They all just did the personal work. They get it. These are all strong men. They all understand like, and what I mean by strong is they are committed to their will. And their, their will is unmatched by a lot of people and they're just so productive and, and they have so much love that it's, and they seems like there's so much there that you could never hurt them mm. um, through and, and it's displayed physically. Right. Um, and I just feel that if anyone is at a position where they're like, okay, like how am I ever going to do this? It's that scary, that scary jump of firstly looking at money as energy and understanding that, Numbers have no emotion. It's just a numerical value for energy that, mm. hey, maybe if I put some of this energy that I've created, we're putting all of this hard work into this and then give it to someone to put it back into me, I might change. I think I heard something from you. I think I was watching your page. I'm, I don't know if it was you or someone else, but they said the amount of money that you that you struggle to invest in someone else is the amount of money you don't think you deserve. <laughs> I don't think that was a me because like, I'm a little bit like egotistical yeah. for, for myself personally. I'm like, well, <laughs> I really rely on my hard work and discipline, right? Mm-hmm. As a kid I used to research all the time and like learn scripts. So I thought, well, I'm just going to go learn it all for myself. I'm going to put in the extra hours and I'm going to do everything. So 
I did that and I, and I, and I learned everything myself and figured it out. And I mean, I had a couple of programs and did a whole bunch of exercises that, you know, I could, I could really, I had a real good skill of self-managing myself with personal development because I loved it. And it isn't until recently, like the past year or so that I have spent the time to invest in things, to invest in myself um, with other coaches and, and blah, 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 blah. And I've been like, oh, this is great. Like, I'm just fast tracking, like, like so, so many things. Like, it's so exciting. Like, I'm like, what else now do I want to spend my money on besides like traveling? Nothing. <laughs> <laughs> Paying people for coaching is like the best thing ever because having a community of your own is, is like mm. one of the best accountability tools ever because the better I am and the better I produce, the more that I get. So it's like a really good excuse that you go, oh, cool. I can like actually invest in myself. But it's that first initial decision, I think for a lot of people um, or even upgrading, like, oh, no, I'm attached to like this coach here. I've got, this is like, you know what I mean? If you look at like the best professional athletes in a sporting team, they got a coach for throwing, a coach for kicking. They got a coach for mindset, a coach for massages, a coach for like, God damn, they got coaches of everything. And then like, we will hold all of our energy and money together and just stay in this little comfort zone. Siren songs are singing um, Odysseus isn't going into the the land of the sirens and we'll just keep it all here within ourselves and not damn well do anything with it and it's like man what a, what kind of life is that I mean we're living in an age right now where like I just believe so many men are just like the, the, a small percentage of a lot of like men and women are just they are taking the leap and they are investing themselves and they're getting out of the whole and this is just like a financial speak, but also emotionally as well. This is emotionally and financially. They're getting out of the whole system. That's like the only way you're ever going to get rich is if you're born into rich families or you know someone who's really rich. That's gone now, like completely gone. It's like, how do we do it? Well, it's like we actually learn all of the emotional skills. I, like I have one of my clients was so funny. Um, this is a great story. So he owns a social media like a marketing company and him and his partner were charging you know, $10,000 to $15,000 per package. And they'd struggle to get one this month, the next month, whatever it is. And I had them on for a coaching container. I did a lot of one-on-one coaching with them. And within the space of like 10, 11 months, they're closing like $300,000 and $200,000 contracts within a month, multiple, like multiple contracts of those things. And at the same time, they look physically fit and at the same time, they've got way better routines and their sleep is better. And at the same time, their relationships with their partner. And also one of them had a position where he's like, I, you know, I never see myself being in a relationship. I just want to be single and have fun all the time. And that was because there was an emotional block, um, emotional sort of block there of being like, oh, I'm scared to commit because maybe I might get hurt. Someone might do something to me that I've done to someone else, blah, blah, blah. And now he's like, I'm so ready for a relationship. <laughs> you know, it's, it's crazy. And it's, it's so interesting, hey, because it's like when people have like these realizations and they're like, like they're comfortable within themselves to actually be like, all right, like I feel like I'm worth it now. Yeah. Then they take that leap, which is so cool. What, what do you think it is in like modern society today that, you know, is causing, you know, men and women to kind of like, you know, lose that masculinity and femininity? Oh, so that's like a, like I'm actually doing a presentation on this at the moment. I'm creating a whole a whole course on this specifically like right perfect now. Perfect time. Yeah. <laughs> perfect timing. It's like the, one of the next evolutions that I've got. Um, all the things that we've got coming out. Super exciting. Creating a program at the moment for like high performing men and women who are like really successful, value financial freedom, but also value love, which should be everyone. But the majority of the time we're not there is because we haven't got the skills or the finance 
or the, the business model or whatever it is to do it. So essentially in terms of your question for, you know, what is it in modern society that is preventing connection between, you know, um, men and women and helping them scale up? Is that essentially right? Yeah, essentially. Yeah. So, well, it is modern society and, it's, and it's, I'm not, I'm actually not anti-society. Like, I think it's like all the constructs there are so necessary because people just go goddamn crazy if they weren't. Um, as, this is my own personal opinion. This is what I think, guys. I'm not like an economic, uh, economist or whatever it is. I do read some of those books. <laughs> this is my own opinion and it makes so much sense to me and everyone I talk to, it makes a whole bunch of sense. So just the way that we've just been set up, right, is real masculine culture. And I do believe that, you know, if you look at past hundred years of, before the wars it was like we had farms and stuff everywhere and even during the wars it was before we got really scarce for a period of time it was the man goes out he makes the bacon but he doesn't like that's all like he really does he comes home and he he doesn't even say that much he doesn't talk about his emotions whatever it is it's like cool we're safe right now like and i think that's one of the main main things is just like understanding okay like we're we're safe we're not going to war blah blah blah. don't have to worry about else anything else. And then the wife would just make all the stuff, look after the kids because he'd be working full time. And that was happened through, if we just look at it through industry, right? So all these big corporations and companies would make the corp, like would make companies, which I also think actually did come from slavery. I'm pretty sure like slavery had people on like chains, like working with all these things. And then they were like, okay, we actually have to pay people now once we get out of slavery. So what's like the minimum stuff we can pay? Let's pay them like 20 bucks an hour, whatever it is, do this, do this, do this. You got this break time, this amount of holidays. Like what's all of the most humane things we can give to a human that they still think it's humane and keep them working here and keep them satisfied. And people would feel attached to that. And it worked, like, you yeah. know, it worked. And like families would stick together. And in the relationships in those days, because we don't have, you know, God here on my hand, <laughs> my phone. God, right? because we haven't got that, um, you know, connection, you know, a- around the entire world that we have that we can talk to anyone was it wasn't, we didn't have that opportunity. It was like, pick someone <laughs> who you like yeah. relatively like and grow together because otherwise you're not going to have anything. We've got fear of death, it's fear of disease, it's fear of all these other things, fear of scarce, fear of war, all these things. We've got to pick someone, we've got to love it and we've got to grow now. And these are the systems that we've got to use, Right. That's what happened for the longest time until we finished the wars in the seventies and the sixties and the eighties and technology started advancing super quickly. And then we had farm industrial stuff with all the different farms coming out. So food was awesome. And like, we have access to food. Like you literally how cool things order food in your house, like nuts. So my opinion is because of all of these different things um, and, and seeing it all happen is like, okay, now living in a, in a globalized world in the land of complete opportunity right it's just we are living in the land of opportunity baby Uh, it's it's insane and we can do anything we want and then that kind of comes to the question is like well what the fuck do we want to do yeah (laughs) however what i think is like the men have to be aware of is girls don't need to depend on men anymore it's not in the social construct it's not in the in in anything they do not need to depend on us the only thing that they need from like men in general is a baby when they're ready. Like women prioritize love. As long as there's enough love in their lives, they don't need to. And the amount of like, literally I was looking at this the other day, the amount of studies that are showing up from women having children at a much later age or replacing children for dogs is nuts. And then the percentage for men who have like children who actually have children is like 50% of men have children. Something stupid like that. Like only in the book, Boy Crisis, they quote it from Warren Farrell and John Gray, 50%, that's it. And it's, 
it's just it's just so it's so insane to watch and you know we used to rely on the social constructs and the belief systems and like okay we we are dependent upon as men and now we have women who don't need us they don't depend on us so when we try to give value when they shut us down we get rejected and we get affected and we're the ones who have to rise up and we have to do you know all the things and be of the most value because we want to provide and now we're not received that used to be how we received always from the longest time and it's like well I don't have to receive you anymore. I can do it all myself. Like I want love and I want love from you. This is the girl. I want love and love from you, but I don't need you for anything else. Make my own money, do my own stuff, have all these amazing things, right? Which is amazing. It's like amazing that it's happening now. Like, yes, so it should be. However, I just think that the skills that we've had and the realizations as guys is, you know, they haven't caught up yet. You know, and like, dude, I talk to so many guys that just get their hearts broken all the time. I mean, I've been there. I've been had my heart absolutely squashed. And I stuck with one girl who cheated on me, literally 10 guys. I just slept with 10 other guys when I was with her. I was like, I don't think I'm ever going to get another girl. I was like, well, of course you are, you dickhead. God damn, you're just going for a rough patch right now. Yeah. But anyway, so I think over a period of time, women rising up and absolutely kicking ass. Yes, so they should be. But men not, and like why they're so good at it is because they have emotional stability and emotional control. Women are born with that intuition. They get it. They will feel feelings and the level of feelings that we will not understand. They can also go through breakups a lot better than us. They can deal with these things, right? Blah, blah, blah. Because their mum intuitions, their ability for emotions and feeling it and being able to control it and have a container for that is insane. We'll never get it. But for men, it's not. We're supposed to shut off our emotions because when we're out hunting back in the days and we got to kill a bear, if we're worried about some shit, we're not going to get to sleep. We're not going to do this. We have this stress fear response. And men back in those tribal days were extremely spiritual. If you look at religions and spiritual stuff, men are the spiritual one. Where is it today? You know, you're just, everyone just thinks people are hippies if they're spiritual. It's like, no fasting practices, the prayer practices, the sacred rooms and temples, the cleanliness, the, the meditations that men used to do back in the day over a long period of time, the ecstatic dancing, the men's groups together to deal with all their emotions and stuff was like insane. It is not there anymore. I learned a lot of this through hero's journey, by the way, a lot of Joseph Campbell reading as how, how I learned a lot of this, a lot of Carl Jung and a lot of um, Eric Neumann. That's how I learned all this stuff. So, and sex at dawn, great book. So over a whole period of time of this consistently happening, men are sort of lost you know the touch with that and we don't understand like our most value now like our most value as a guy is your emotional capacity and your emotional control i mean women there's like for the real powerful women who just really value money and stuff and like for the men who go men i think value love what like value love just as much they want love they want a family they want to do these things and majority of the time men fight so hard for success for status for freedom so that they feel worthy enough to provide for a family but men get disconnected along the way. Like, and then they, they, like, you know, they get the ego shows up or something happens and they don't feel good enough and they go, Oh, I've got all this stuff, whatever. Um, and then they lose, you know, they get obsessed and attached to the results, not the true reason why they got into it. And then if they're in that position, they don't understand, like, Hey, I'm actually a huge lover. Maybe I actually prefer being like, I actually prefer just providing for the family. I just like make my own money, do a whole bunch of stuff, whatever it is. I don't care how much it is. And, and be with a woman, for example, who she values nice things. She values sparkly things and handbags and all these things. And she's, you know, attention to detail is insane. She's extremely organized. She can make like good decisions and like, she's just great at it. And she makes a lot of money. It's like, okay, well, what's, you know, as a guy, you can be proud if your missus makes so much more money than you do. If you have, you know, immense emotional control and stability, which I think is awesome. However, I do think at the same time is as a guy, it's like, well, why not just have it all? You know what I mean? Like, yeah. you know, in terms of that position, it's like, well, 
for the guys who do have status and do have power and do have money. It's like, that's still not the most valuable thing about you. And there can be a lot of arguments and things, you know, in your relationship in terms of like, okay, let's say you do those things. And now you've provided a lifestyle to a partner who, for example, is attached to the lifestyle, not so attached to you. And she's staying around and you're obsessed with her because of her fanciness or whatever it is, but she's attached to your lifestyle, not you. Then that's like, where's that's the loss of connection there. She can deal with the emotional strain and the emotional pressure. You can't. She is not afraid if the relationship breaks up, whatever it is, because she'll find someone else, whatever, but she likes the lifestyle with you at the moment, which means you're the one who's going to be more hurt if you're broken up now with this, um, the partner that you've got. <laughs> what? So what, what position does that put you in? Well, that puts you in a position where it's like, okay, well, unless you sort yourself out emotionally and you can take the big risks of the big, big chance or have the, the deep and powerful conversation, then you're the one who's going to get shot in the back. <laughs> so what do you think uh, three values that men should embed into their lives? The first one is integrity straight up. Like it's, and it's hard, like, you know what I mean? Being, being integral, like, I mean, like a hundred percent integral, I'd say integral to your word with everything that you say you're going to do every time that you like, you know, there's a reason why people, you know, when we spell words, it's called spelling. I believe it's magic, right? Casting a spell. You say words or you spell some words out and it's like, they emotionally connect into your brain. So if you say you're going to do something, if you write something down, it's like, do it. Um, or whatever it is, if you if you're gonna make some promises, make sure that you get get back to them and you set those intentions. So integrity is huge because that builds up a sense of self-trust. The more you trust yourself, the more confident you are, the more confident you are, the better decisions you're gonna make, the better decisions you make probably the more riskier decisions that you're gonna make and you're open to new things. The second one I would say is having a an extreme sense of commitment. So understanding like what you want to commit to, how you want to commit, and making the decision to go, I commit to this and make some commit to this thing for your entire life commitments. I don't see myself watching porn or masturbating for the rest of my life. I don't see myself not going to the gym. You know what I mean? For the rest of my, I don't see myself never not eating healthy, like for the rest of my life, I'll have a little thing here and there and enjoy, but like I I've made, I've completely made that decision. And if you can a hundred percent and then like, you know, it's commitment, a hundred percent commit to your life. Because if you cannot commit to your life, how are you supposed to commit to a girl? If you cannot commit to life, how are you supposed to commit to your business? At some stage, it's gonna just all gonna burn down. Um, it's just it's, it's, it's a story that's been told. Like it's the Buddha story. It's the uh, this is a Hercules story. It's you know, all of those stories. They burn down at the end. And birth to a new Hercules doesn't. He just goes to. <laughs> it's so um, true though. It's so true yeah. because like you know like in anything like the people I know in my life that you know are at that, that greatness status or they're, they're high achievers or they have all these things in life it's because they've gone all in like and it's not a a shortcut it's not an instant gratification it's just like this is it and we're gonna do it yeah yeah so and i 100 percent agree so for the for the three well i think the first one would be in te- i'm loving this question by the way man thank you thank because you. i'm like i'm gonna reflect i'm gonna write some notes on this after because i haven't asked myself this question I'm like, that's really good Um, So I definitely say integrity and I say like a deep sense of commitment. And then the other value uh, is super, super simple. I think super obvious, um, but I think defining it is the hardest part. And that would be love. Now, if everyone is listening is like, okay, what's the question to find love? So I like to ask you the question. If you were to define love in your own words, what is it? I would define it as an unconditional emotional response to people that you'll always have a 
I guess like the word would, would probably be like a non-judgmental point of view on someone and a supportive um, place that you'd always like be giving or receiving. Yeah. Yeah, I really like that. I, w- I would say um, like in my own words, it'd be something like I'm not, not clear on that either because I haven't defined it yet. But I would say it's something along the lines of, you know, giving and receiving as well. And um, giving in a, giving and receiving in a way that is communicated and that, that is moral and ethical uh, comes from a sense of the heart that both parties understand. Um, because, you know what I mean, you can be angry, you can be aggressive, you can still show love. You know I mean, you can be so angry and so frustrated and so triggered and raging that raging i think as men we need a little bit of that you know what i mean and that's that compassionate fire you know that rule sticks out if you've got to protect your kid if you're if your partner or if your partner just infuriates you to the max and you just hold that down and you just come out with like you know ah, intense compassion and holding the ground instead of pointing the finger the only reason anyone ever points the finger is because they don't have the courage to essentially stick up for themselves with emotions. Um, so I'm getting a little bit off track now, but <laughs> I really, you know, I really like that whole, like obviously being able to like receive those, those high intense emotions, especially during arguments and stuff. Cause I find a lot of people at times, like I said to a friend about this the other day and like, you know, is a man someone who shows his anger and, you know, acts like a hooligan or is it a man who is able to control his emotions and not be affected by, you know, a rock in the, in a, a river with a current, you know? True. Well, that's like two things that I'm tossing up at the moment. Mm. Pure masculine. Well, yeah, well, pure masculine energy is being calm, rock in the river, unstable, not moving, but we also have a feminine qualities mm. inside ourselves, which is where passionate life energy, you know, comes from. And, and if you look at some old school myth, you know, it's, rage and anger comes from the feminine is when it's quite mm-hmm. wild it's that part of you know the hindu goddess um kali where she's like if you come near her baby she'll cut your head off and she'll wear like you know a ring of like a necklace full of man heads you know what i mean and um so anger comes from the feminine side of things which is passion it's fire mm-hmm. it's fiery and it, you know we should be able to get like um we should be able i think as a guy you should be able to get so angry directed at someone have it go through through to someone and channel it through to them in the most healthy way possible. Mm. I and mean, that's not masculine. I mean, it's masculine energy to hold that container. Like I can control my anger, but it's masculine energy to like have the anger come up and let it through. That's feminine. Like that's insane. It's just like, you're just holding that. So it's not like fiery pointing fingers. Yeah. Like I'll use like my relationship as an example. Sometimes I'll say them like, I am so, so frustrated at the moment and like because like we work on communication all the time we're getting better but i'm like at the moment like we're just not communicating how we're supposed to be right now i'm not understanding you you're not understanding me and i had this rage bubbling up inside me and it's so so frustrating i just want to love you and i'm ready to love you and like we need to figure out whatever this is so like like what are you feeling right now why are you actually triggered and like what's the actual thing because i'm going to take that in I'm going to try to understand it and reflect something back at you. Just explaining the situation and, and talking about that in, in a relationship is so important. And that's just not intimate. Like if you can, I think relation, like intimate relationships are like the best test for you to then come out into your workplace or to your life or for whatever you're doing, the impact you want to have with everyone else, your family, and then, then reflect those qualities 
you know, um, outside every time you're in a relationship, I think it's like, it's, it's the emotional gym. Get in there. Just, ah, you're just doing reps. Just, just but, work um, at it. <laughs> yeah, we're just working at it, man. But I've learned to channel that um, fire with compassion. I mean, I think that's like, uh, you know, quite attractive. You know I mean? We see it in all the heroes all the time. It's like the, the hero that gets like angry and frustrated to like, save the day for his daughter or someone and like, ah, 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 they get out there and they'll show this anger or, or like, they'll be the hero and come in and start smashing everyone out of love for, you know, these other people for whatever it is. It's like, you know, that's so romanticized mm. and, and instead of, you know, dumbing ourselves and dulling ourselves down, which, you know, I think not to say dulling yourself, there's a difference between dumbing is like dulling yourself down and being a rock in the storm. I think being a rock in the storm and you're like really triggered is the most important thing and understanding that, like, okay, like, um, I need to hold this down. Otherwise like a wild primitive beast is going to be let out. Um, mm. like dragon's going to be like, <laughs> like that's like so needed and necessary, but when it comes down to, okay, this is, I need to channel this anger right now for whatever the reason, here we go. Like having, you know, both of those skills is so necessary and it takes some serious emotional intelligence, but that just comes down to circle moment. What we're talking about at the start is just, you know, understanding who you are. Yeah. I love that too, because I always get like when you were talking about that instantly in my head, it's like that George is Jordan is a Jordan Pearson quote. It's like better be a gun, um a warrior and gun than a gunner in the war. And just like it's just like so relatable. It's just like talks about chaos and, and calm and like I think, you know, so many people if they can just figure out that how to be calm in the chaos then life just really improves, right? Like but right. what would um like if someone's listening right now and they're like they're just on the edge, they're like all right, cool. Don't know how to be a man. I don't know what my purpose is. Um, you know, no one loves me. And they're just in a really big victim mentality. What advice, what's one piece of advice you give to them to kind of shake them out of it and one action point? Yeah. So the most logical um, response to that would be jump on the program, like overcome the chaos. <laughs> like, as far as like a logical, not saying that for yep. anything is like developed a three month program for people to absolutely crush that. So um, that would be like, my most logical response to, to give, but in terms of like for someone to actually, yeah, like crush victim mentality, it's hard to put sort of put in um, straight away. I would say be for man or woman, because I think, you know, I have, I coach like females as well. And we spend a lot of time learning about the masculine. You know what I mean? Like I spend a lot of time learning about it. We know a lot about the feminine with girls. It's very easy talking about the feminine because they get it. Uh, for men, for example, if we're talking about the feminine, they don't get it so much and they feel guilty or ashamed. Girls don't too much when they talk about masculine. They're like, fuck yeah, masculine or boss ass bitch. You know what I mean? I'm getting that. But for guys, they go, oh, I want to step into my feminine. <laughs> nah, bro. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, come on, man. That's like, like, like Jesus. And, you know, that's where obviously where girls get so powerful because they step in their masculine quickly. They already got feminine guys aren't stepping into their um you know feminine as much because it's like looked ugh. but it's like feminine is strength like leading with love is is the leader for you know whatever it is that's like the guy's integrated feminine masculine so for the victim mentality question uh for men or for women i would really get clear on i would spend some time learning about potentials of masculine feminine traits within men and women and understanding the differences because then you can have a look at it with inside yourself because just looking at like um for example if you just take like any masculine or feminine it sort of works like magnets right you've got a positive side to each and you've got a negative side to each majority of the time 
you've got uh, a negative side to something, which is usually a passive, shy, timid, positive side is too egotistical or narcissistic. But on the negative side, what happens is that is when you're sort of more someone who's going to manipulate and you manipulate things in your own mind. So if you're a toxic feminine or toxic masculine, okay, or like the negative, you're more likely to manipulate. You're more likely to manipulate yourself and you're more likely to not take the blame and you're more likely to point the finger and you're someone who's more likely to do X, Y, and Z. So you'll never know that you're even in a victim mentality until you spend some time learning at those. We all have them. We've all got masculine and feminine traits and we all have positive and negative traits and none of us are all perfectly integrated. What happens is if you, in, let's say, for example, you have a victim mentality and you sort it out for one area of your life, like that's cool. Now that's going to evolve and it's going to evolve somewhere else. Now you get to see it somewhere else and 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 see it somewhere else to do a full circle. When you come back, you're like, hey, I'm sorted. And then next minute you're blaming something for someone else on, on someone else. You're like, oh, there it is again. Like, you know what I mean? So in terms of what to do is I would find a resource that teaches you about feminine or masculine potentials. And I'd research it. A really good book you can learn. Don't buy the book, listen to the audio because there's two books. Goddamn, one of them is like a bunch of sex techniques and the other one is talking about masculine and feminine potentials. It's called Enlightened Sex. One's, one has a subtitle called Finding uh, Freedom and Fulfillment Through Sexual Union. That's the good one. That one talks about masculine and feminine potentials. The uh, Enlightened Sex, a guide to sex, something like that, is just all sex techniques. David Dieter wrote the book and it's a perfect thing of explaining. I would also um, like, that's really good at understanding it. King Warrior Magician Lover is a great masculine tool to understand or the book, the six archetypes by Carol Pearson. I had her on my podcast. Crazy. She's a wild author. She's on my podcast. Yeah, right. It's listened to like nuts because she's just so famous. I didn't realize as far as the author goes, like in the communities for writing, she's insane. Um, so the six archetypes by Carol Pearson, um, Enlightened Sex by David Dieter and King Warrior Magician Lover by Robert Moore are great books to learn. Or as I mentioned, the most logical answer is jumping to overcome the chaos, but I'm also doing a whole lot of, I'm creating a new uh, program on you know, relationship and relationship communication. So you can always message me because I'm creating that at the moment, taking questions, figuring out, spending like all day today and this time building it out, which is going to be insane. Um, purely for the fact that, as I mentioned, in a relationship is the perfect place for going into the emotional intelligence gym so you can show up as a better leader. Jordan Peterson says, get your house in order. You, how are you supposed to impact and change the world and give back, man, if you can't even have your damn house in order, right? Mm -hmm. yeah. I mean, that's like literally the most simple, important, powerful thing you could ever hear. Um, and he mentions it right there. So that's a little bit of piece of advice. I take every, sorry, every question you take, I take so seriously. I like, love it. <laughs> so I just want to give the best that I can. Yeah. Um, so if everyone's listening and taking action on this, if you actually take an action on things that I'm saying, anyone who's listening, thank you for receiving me. That means a lot. Um, but yeah, that's, that's epic. And the thing I like is like, there's so much gold in what you're saying throughout this talk, throughout this, this podcast, because like having some of the experiences I've had in the past, like if I know some of the stuff that you've just spoken about today, that would have saved me a probably 10 years worth of learning. Um, <laughs> um, so yeah, like prime example. Um, before we uh, finish up, I want to ask you, I want to ask you three quick little answers. They're called like speed questions. 
So you get, you don't, it's just like, boom, you're yeah, in a, you're in a competition. I won't go nuts. Let's go. Yeah. Um, so the first, first fast question is best advice you've ever received. Oh God. <laughs> <laughs> um, probably that is all internal. It's all, it's all up to you. Yeah. Yep. Worst advice you've ever received. Take this pre-workout. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I love that. Um, and the biggest lesson you've ever had. Understanding that creating is the best way to learn. And you should always be finding your edge in terms of where you are and creating beyond that. So create beyond yourself and think in a world at the moment, like how did one way to do that is through hard reading in a world where we can learn so much. Yes. I do quick reading. Yes. I listen to things on two speed and blah, 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 blah. And podcasts is great, but I always have one difficult hardcore book that I'm reading that is stretching my own brain and helping me to think than I've ever thought possible. Yeah. And so that's one. I'll give two answers. The second answer, the second one to this, and you know, oh, sorry, this three. Second one to this, really important. I learned from someone who's worth half a billion dollars and they just said, define it. Socrates, Plato, all the philosophers spent all their time defining something. Third one is, I just like to give this a gift to everyone who's listening, just to ponder on and think about death of the hero, birth of the king. That's it. I'm about that. Um, now the next question, our last little question. Um, you, you get a bit more time for this one. I'll let, I'll let you have a bit more time for this. Um, where do you want to be in the next five years and what is it that you want to achieve with your mission? Cool. So essentially I just want to literally radicalize and change the goddamn world. When I was talking about all the men and the women and stuff, like I just want to raise us all up, baby. I want to get us all to a position where we're just literally goddamn superhuman. Like I read a lot of Frederick Nietzsche and he's like the Ubermensch is coming. Like we're going to get there. And the Ubermensch is like you beyond yourself. It's like, we do that through deep learning. Like there's a lot of people like, Oh, like you start learning this stuff. I'm like, God damn Corey. Like there's all these things that I, I, that I learn now that I'm never going to unlearn. And it's like, learn more. <laughs> like, <laughs> and integrate it because when you start being that it's like you, your children are going to learn all of that stuff in 10 years and then they're going to transcend you you know what i mean immediately so we have a moral responsibility to get up there and do it and it's my mission god damn to get everyone up there you know what i mean it's literally yeah. all just educate motivating people consistently working on myself so that i can i'm trying to shine and radiate as best as i can so that i can like inspire others and i'm helping other people do that we're literally creating a movement at the moment, even with the staff that I have on, like that we've got like the, the, the contracts and stuff that we have on for overcome the chaos, the people in the program, everyone's radiating so crazy. Like we just had someone win like, you know, small business entrepreneur of the year award of like in Australia, we have like, you know, so like all these people like winning, like all these crazy awards and doing stuff is, is just insane to see. And it's like, we can all goddamn do it. And it's like, it's actually not that hard. It's the, the first step is like just making the decision. I'm going to invest in me. That's it. Like, that's it. So I'm here trying to help people do that as best as possible. I also think that relationships are, you know, one of the best key, like, tools and keys in order to get there. So like learning the skills and the dynamics in those things and knowing that it's a ceremony for personal growth and actually being able to dive into the emotions. Like I wish everyone could sort of have this like, you know, ability that we're learning in the program stuff. Every time there's a negative emotion, it's like, that's a good thing. Yeah. <laughs> Like, this is great. Let's learn about this and figure it out and move forward. And that's a mindset shift. That's not even like a, a negative emotion. So essentially, yeah, in five years, I'll have millions of people essentially um, leveled up, gone for all of these things, um, working my ass off to get there because I love it, not because I have to. And yeah, the mission is strong. I want to create complete independence for everyone because I believe together 
the more like motivated up we are is like, we can make a difference. I think there's just like a huge gap between people at like one end of the spectrum in the world and people at the other end of the spectrum of the world. And, you know, we've got all these people that are being bridges at the moment, but I want to be the biggest bridge. <laughs> mm-hmm. And like, that's yeah, a selfish, big. that's a selfish um, thing as well. You know what I mean? It's having, it's for a good cause and it's a motivational thing and it is selfish and God damn. Yeah. It's selfish. Like you got to be a little bit sometimes like I will, why won't I'll die restless if I don't like give it my all to damn well get there and see, you know, see some sort of massive bridge, you know, built up myself. So thanks for asking the question. That's epic. So about that. And it, it's one of those things too. Like I think a lot of people get worried about being selfish too. And just the fact that you've like, you know, throwing the cat in the room, it's running around the room. People can see it. It's, it's that <laughs> thing, right? Like being selfish isn't bad because like selfishness isn't a bad thing one you give back to yourself and then you have more to give back to others and then you know in return it just creates a bigger impact equal exchange is equal exchange at the end of the day um and like like what you said before about you know seeking discomfort is so important because i heard something the other day it might have been alex Mosey, and it was just like resonated with me it's like knows the job look for no like when you're selling and it's and whatever it is it's just like do the hardest thing because that's what you're going to get more out of and you know everything you touched on today has been super epic last thing is where can people find you online social media if they want to ask you a question if they want to find your program uh what's your content your potty oh yeah so the podcast is called Corey boutwell podcast my instagram is Corey boutwell so c-o-r-e-y-b-o-u-t-w-e-l-l i also have a New Instagram page that we just started called uh, Overcome the Chaos. So it's like our literal program in there. Uh, the best way to contact me is also have a website, CoreyBatwell.com. Best way to contact me is through Instagram. If you want to look at some of the stuff, you can go to CoreyBatwell.com and have an application there. At the moment, I currently have one-on-ones available, depending on when people are listening to this. I probably won't. I only take up a few people. Um, so yeah, might be worth reaching out, might not. <laughs> but um, have a look on Instagram. There's like a link in there with a bunch of things. Um, we've got all our landing pages and stuff, you know, connected off of off of Instagram. We've got two YouTube channels, Corey Batwell Podcast and Corey Batwell as well. So I just do a whole bunch of you know, clips and things on there. And if, yeah, you guys are like at that stage, this could be a sign to level up, could be a level to be like, okay, I'm actually going to take that chance to invest in myself. And if you feel a pull or a calling during this um, uh, podcast, please reach out to me. I'm here. That's epic. I just want to say thanks so much for joining me today. It's been an absolute pleasure to like listen to you, like talk about all these different subjects and just like how like energetic you are. It's epic. I love it. It's, it's, it's one of those things. It's like super refreshing. And like, you know, the biggest thing is like resonates to its whole talk was about like who you, you are, who you hang around and, you know, you're lucky enough to hang around like really like um, inspiring people. I'm really lucky. I've got my tribe of people. And I think that's a, a big turning point. People see these conversations and allows them to actually, you know, ask the question, what if I hang around people who are like that? Um, so I can't wait to see more of your amazing work to come. And I know no doubt you're going to create more and more and more, more and more and more, more kind of speak positive impacts in the world. And yeah, I can't wait to uh, watch your journey unfold. No, that means a lot. Thanks for sharing the message and creating a space for me to uh, let loose. <laughs> Thanks so much for listening in, guys. I really hope you enjoyed that episode and got some value out of it. If you did get some value out of that episode and you really did enjoy it, then share it with a friend or family member. Share us on social media, leave us a review, and help us make a bigger impact in the world today. The more we can inspire people to better themselves and level up their life through self-development, whether it be one little tip here or there, makes all the difference. And you might even save a life. 
Again, thanks so much for listening in and we'll see you next time.